No, clickbait. Uh, clickbait. No, clickbait. Nah, clickbait. Clickbait. Somebody should do a podcast about clickbait. Clickbait. You are listening to Clickbait with Ian and Gail, where scrolling is a thing of the past. There are no next buttons, and sarcastic fun is our specialty. This is Clickbait, and here's Ian and Gail. Clickbait! Hello, and welcome to the Clickbait Podcast, where we search out, talk about, and make fun of strange stories so you don't have to. Let's get started. Joyce McKinney is a former beauty queen who kidnapped a Mormon missionary called Kirk Anderson and turned him into a sex slave. Yeah, this is like right off one of those like fucked up uh, romance, Mills and Boone mo- romance paperbacks. <laughs> I don't read those. You probably write those. <laughs> Uh, McKinney fled Britain before her trial, and no extradition request was made by the country, so she saw no jail time for her crime. Why the heck would we want this woman back? I mean, we are going to send you our tired, our poor, our huddled masses of wretched wackos, just like the statue says. So that's the second or third time you've gotten it wrong. Are you uh, sure you passed your citizenship test? (laughs) Why is it you always bring up the wacko Brits? I was not aware that there were any other kind. Just, Just putting that out there. I'm not even sure this woman is British. She was just there. I'm just saying. The Brits don't want her back. No extradition. Just saying. Okay. So the reason for the lack of the extradition was due to the courts at the time finding the idea of a woman overcoming a man and raping him to be too preposterous. Well, there's medication for that today, so you don't expect a lot more of this to happen. Roofies. It's not just for breakfast anymore. (laughs) Not for Bill Cosby, anyway. Hey, take one of these and have a drink. I am a doctor. You can trust me. Since then, McKenney has made headlines for other odd behaviors, such as purchasing a clone of her favorite dog in Korea and pursuing a filmmaker who turned her court case into a documentary. Now, I'm not sure this qualifies as odd. I mean, getting a clone is kind of cool. And did, did, did the dog come with all the white stormtrooper armor as well? That would be fucking fantastic. It's, not getting a doggy stormtrooper would be weird. This is just freaking awesome. And, and anyway, is Korea the place you want your dog to be cloned? I mean, what are the odds of it making past the first restaurant? <laughs> uh, yeah, puppy, you come here. <laughs> this eccentric one-time kidnapper has led a bizarre life, and chaining up with an unsuspecting Mormon missionary for sex is just the tip of the iceberg for Joyce McKinney's crazy life. I'll bet he gave her the more than just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> Did Joyce McKinney really molest a Mormon missionary? Was Kirk Anderson kidnapped and coerced into non-consexual coitus? Or was he a willing participant in Joyce's joyful jiggery? Join us as we plunge deep into the folds of this story, seeking answers to these questions in today's episode, Joyce McKinney, the Mormon Molester. As a little girl, McKinney was entered into a string of child beauty pageants, and in 1973, at age 22, she beat out a bevy of beautiful contestants to win the coveted title of Miss Wyoming. One judge in particular said her boobs were awesome, Mm. and she gave the best (laughs) blowjobs. 
both of which factored into scoring of this contestant. Pageant title holders sign a contract stating they are obliged to be of good moral character and should not bring any negative public attention to her image or the pageant's image. Otherwise, her title could be revoked. So she fucked that right up. I suspect she was asked to send her crown and sash back. Hey, you know, um, and so uh, she won uh, the title of Miss Wyoming, which means she, she wasn't British. Th- this is true. Hmm. But she, oh, so she got, she only became a wacko after she visited England. Yeah, yeah. She got a taste of that socialism. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for some reason, I picture Miss Wyoming to look like Kirstie Alley. You know, remember Kirstie Alley? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. But I picture uh, a Kirstie Alley today, like a big hog, not the Kirstie <laughs> Alley from Cheers. That's what I picture Miss Wyoming to look like. <laughs> you know, uh, Miss Alley bounced around on her weight, going going to about 230 pounds in 2004, and she lost about 75 pounds on Jenny Craig. You know what, she was laying on Jenny Craig? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know lesbianism made you lose weight. I mean, when you can no longer afford a five gram a day cocaine habit, that's slightly <laughs> to happen to you. You've know? <laughs> you got to eat microwave meals for over three years to get fit again. <laughs> Unfortunately, all that Jenny Craig success was wasted when she gained another 85 pounds. I think she was trying out for the part of Jubba the Slut on the new <laughs> Star Wars franchise. <laughs> Any road up, in 2011, Ali claimed she'd lost 100 pounds eating some newfangled all-natural product from a company called Organic Liaison. Apparently, it's the company she founded, by oh, the way. Oh, weird, huh? Yeah. She was sued in a class action for making bogus claims. So, so you mean those late-night infomercials are all shit? <laughs> Better cancel my 12-month supply of my penis enlargement pills. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you do that. Ain't no medication going to help you in the trousers department, my friend. <laughs> I'm thinking about getting one of those penis pumps. The kind you put in your leg and you... And it makes your penis bigger. I've heard. You've heard. Okay. <laughs> Please. She was the talk of the town and very popular where she lived. Are, are we still talking about Kirstie Alley? No, you twat. We're out of that rabbit hole and back on the case. Oh, very nice. Okay, uh, people either wanted to be McKinney or wanted to be with McKinney. Or wanted to be kidnapped and raped by McKinney. <laughs> She's a beauty queen for Christ's sake. Some people dream of being sexually abused by a stunning woman. Yeah, I do. <laughs> all the time. In due time, as with all minor fame stories, people stopped talking and moved on from McKinney's story. McKinney wouldn't be as popular until she committed her crime. It was then that everyone in the world was talking about her. She probably should have considered porn. She'd still <laughs> be getting residual payments from the internet and might even have a shot of an expose about an affair with the president. Uh, allegedly, look, that porn actress president thing never happened. And I know because if it had happened, Trump would be tweeting <laughs> about that shit every day. Speaking of Twitter... Be sure to follow our podcast there by searching at ClickbaitCaster. Joyce McKinney met Anderson in the mid-70s when they were both students at Brigham Young University in Utah. Uh, she was studying for her doctorate in theater. Ah, so maybe she was thinking about a career in porn. Well, at 27, uh, McKinney had only recently converted to the Mormon religion, and Anderson was only 19 and an undergraduate. 27 and still in college. I'm thinking that she had an obsession with young men. Mm-hmm. Lots of horny young guys in college who would love to hook up with an older woman. Yeah, lots of horny guys that would love to hook up with an older woman that aren't in college. Stifler's mom. I mean, come Stifler's on. mom. So, she's a cougar then? Is 27 too young to be a cougar? Maybe a, a puma? <laughs> or one of those hairless cats? <laughs> So they became romantically involved and reportedly had consensual sex at least once. All right. So not only is she a washed up has been beauty queen, she's also a shitty Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm assuming that Anderson had the relevant consent forms and all signed and notarized. Lots of people who had sex back then are regretting it now. Bill Cosby, Roy Moore, Al Franken, even Sulu from Star Trek had a sham fired at him. Uh, what's a sham? A sham? A sexual harassment accusation missile. <laughs> Doesn't even have to hit. It just, you, get, you get lots of splash damage from that shit. <laughs> I think we have a story about a sham. <laughs> Captain. What is it, cock? Sensors indicate an incoming sham. What? Jackoff, raise the shields of deniability. And you, Ensign Blondie, did you drop something? Yes. That's it. Just there. Bend over. A little more. You see it? Nothing? My mistake. Nice panties, by the way. <laughs> Captain. The sham is on a collision course. Helm, evasive maneuvers. Yes, that's a good girl. Jiggle for me. <laughs> yes, Captain. Firing tweets denying incident. Loading smear campaign. Communications. Lieutenant Volva, what do you have besides a great rack? We have incoming research on your accuser. It is being claimed that you once danced with this alien slave girl and your shirt was all torn. Put it on screen. Nope, never saw her before in, in my life. But wow, what a nice ass. Senses indicate that the sham is wavering. The tweets may be working. Captain, CNN is asking for an official statement. They have made up a story they are running with. They want you to say something which they can skew to match their rhetoric. Look, sugar tits. I never did it, okay? Tell them to blow me. Captain... The CNN report has bolstered reports for the women's groups, and the sham has reacquired. Put the report on screen. Captain Roger Wanger of the USS Dublon Tondra was today accused of dancing naked with a young slave girl from Planet 69 in the Forbidden Zone. The slave, a Miss Bubbles McBouncy boob, said that Captain Wanger made lewd comments and asked her to blow him. Engineering! Hey, Captain! Scotty, clear my browser history and delete my emails! I'm trying, Captain, but this damn poor Nero just won't quit. Jack off. Fire the hush money phasers. Full blast. And set course for the Forbidden Zone. We need to beam down that re-election donation to the local senator. Sick Bay, Boner, are you there? Jim, I've analyzed Miss Bouncy Boobs thoroughly. Did you say analyzed? Sorry, my bad. Doctor's handwriting, you know. Anyway, her story checks out. But according to these fake transcripts we downloaded off the internet, it was all consensual, and she has the syphilis to prove it. Captain, the sham is overshot and is reacquired on a softer target. Apparently, Chachi from Happy Days is not as well connected and is more right-leaning than you. Looks like it's going to hit. Right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Scotty, War Factor 69. We all know that Captain Kirk was a hound dog. He's been sued by a DJ in Florida called Peter Sloan for $170 million, claiming that Captain Kirk is his dad. Dude, I would love if Shatner were my dad. <laughs> Freaking love that. I wanted to call my boy James Tiberius Kirk, but, but my wife wouldn't let me. She said no? Yeah. Did I said just... the only other alternative is Spock. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I want to name our child James Tiberius. <laughs> 
That needless to say, didn't happen. I got shouted down on that. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> anyway, Shatner denies ever having sex in Florida. He actually said that the entire state, the entire he never state, had sex there ever. And yeah, ever. An affidavit from his doctor, a Dr. Leonard Bones McCoy, <laughs> says Canadians with bad hair are physically incapable of sex in Florida. The entire state is a turnoff, and it causes Mr. Shatner to become Mr. Floppy. The man's got a letter from Dr. McCoy. Case closed. <laughs> uh, McKinney would later claim that the night Anderson mounted her with his mighty Mormon manhood and injected her with his spiritual spooge led to a pregnancy and a miscarriage that Anderson deeply regretted due to his religious beliefs. Thou shalt not use the back door while out of wedlock. That's commandment number 11. It got left off because who wants 11 commandments? Heck, I can't even remember the first 10. And there's something like, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Uh, thou shalt not pile the plates in the sink. Thou shalt not leave the toilet seat up. Thou shalt not fart in bed. Thou shalt not fart in <laughs> bed. <laughs> that was on purpose. <laughs> thou shalt not brew beer before your other chores are done. Thou shalt not assign blame. It's always my fault. And thou shalt not make a Black Panther sequel. <laughs> Please, God. I snuck that one in, but I'm hoping God will listen. <laughs> Also, let's not forget the fanaticism that their sordid, sweaty romping would cause McKinney later. Uh, I'm assuming, well, imagining more like that this was the case. The more sordid, sweaty, and depraved, the better. Ah, depravity. I'm not sure which I like more, depravity or debauchery. Oh, or depraved debauchery. Oh, yeah, there you go. Best of both worlds. Tasty. McKinney hired a detective to track down Anderson, and when she discovered he was in England on his Mormon mission, she followed him there with her friend, Keith May. Because you got to take a friend. <laughs> Keith apparently never came back, by the way. From, wow. He never came back from... Wow. Yeah. All right. But he probably outstayed his visa. <laughs> you got a call? Can you call someone? Let's get Keith May back here. What an interview that would be. <laughs> anyway, England. Not a bad place for a mission. Could be worse. Could have got Cleveland or, or, or Macon, Georgia, or some shithole in Africa or the Middle East. Can you imagine trying to sell the Mormon religion in Iran? <laughs> what would you have to do to piss the church off to get that posting? Knock, knock. Hello? Salam alaikum, madam. What a lovely burqa. Have you considered letting Lord Jesus into your life? Allah Akbar, infidel, I kill you. <laughs> That would be probably the worst Mormon mission you could ever have. I can't imagine anything worse. <laughs> McKinney confronted Anderson on the steps of a Mormon church. Uh, she marched him to her car where she and May used chloroform to knock Anderson out. Because I'm sure chloroform was readily available on every street corner convenience store in England. I mean, you need an act of God to get an aspirin there these days. I guess back in the 70s, the chloroform was on the shelves next to the Johnny Bags and the Quaaludes. I mean, one-stop <laughs> shopping for all your normal Saturday night rapey needs. <laughs> After knocking him out with a chloroform, they then drove him to a rented countryside home in England. Downton Abbey, maybe? Maybe. Actually, no. It was a 17th century cottage near Oakhampton. If you fancy shacking up with a kidnap victim, there are plenty of lovely cottages for rent in Oakhampton on cottages.com for about $275 a night. The ancient town of Oakhampton is referred to as the Gateway to Dartmoor. Nestled at the northern end of this spectacular national park, it's a delightful market town full of historic charm. Uh, Dart- do, you, do you own property there or something? <laughs> <laughs> you did that well. I need to sell my shitty barn. <laughs> 
Dartmoor is also the site of numerous child killings oh, by Ian Brady and Myra Hindley back in the 1960s. And the authorities never did find all the bodies, by the way. Oh. Brady and Hinckley are both dead now. Uh, they never got out of prison. So if you're out on the moors having a romantic walk with your kidnapped lover and find <laughs> human remains, please call Crime Stoppers at 0800 555 111. The call is free and totally anonymous, which is probably a good thing if you're keeping a sex slave locked up against his will. <laughs> If you're looking for a, a nice cottage, just go ahead and contact Ian. He <laughs> apparently has some property there that he would like to sell you. <laughs> so once they got to this cottage of Ian's, uh, she handcuffed Anderson to a bed. In a salacious twist, the handcuffs were lined in mink. Another item she picked up from the corner store. Yeah. The shopping list was pretty bizarre. Milk, eggs, potatoes, mink-lined handcuffs, chloroform, <laughs> ketchup. <laughs> Actually, uh, we called it sauce back in England. <laughs> after leaving him chained to the bed for several days... What? No potty breaks? Did you, did you shit in the bed? <laughs> Maybe he pooped out of his mouth. <laughs> it's been known to happen. <laughs> it has been known to happen. In which time period she claims Anderson agreed to marry her. Because he didn't have a fucking choice. <laughs> That's actually how I got married. Um, except I wasn't chained to a bed nor no women ever wanted me. So uh, McKinney had sex with Anderson several times. Sex that he claims was non-consensual. Sure. Like when a beauty queen milf tickles your nutsack, you're not going <laughs> to respond. You might think it's non-consensual, but some part of you is gagging for it. <laughs> or in Joyce's case, gagging on it. <laughs> <laughs> After a few days, Anderson was able to free himself and flee. He went straight to the police to report the crime. And I'm sure they all burst out laughing their asses off and were trying to get McKinney's phone number. <laughs> so that sentence should have read a little more like this. After several days and nights banging a beauty queen, Anderson figured that if he could convince the local authorities that he had been kidnapped by a slight woman and raped repeatedly, he could go back to his cult, I mean church, and be accepted back in. <laughs> During the worldwide tabloid frenzy that was made of McKinney's illegal deeds, she was nicknamed Madame Mayhem. <laughs> nice. Another great name for a band. Yes. After her initial arrest, when McKinney was out on bail awaiting her trial, the young woman embraced the British tabloids. She made a significant amount of money selling her story to them. She appeared on the covers of the Daily Express and the Daily Mirror at the exact same time, each with very similar stories. Now, I don't remember any of this. I was just 8 or 9 at the time, but we got the Daily Mirror religiously. Maybe I just wasn't into reading the paper. Why would I? I mean, I was 8 or 9 for Christ's sake. <laughs> uh, the Daily Express reportedly paid her 40,000 pounds in cash for her tale. 40,000 pounds of cake by the looks of her. <laughs> <laughs> After McKinney was bailed out of prison and had cashed in on as much of the publicity of the investigation she could... She, oh, look who's back. She and her accomplice, Keith May, fled England. So was May also shacked up in Oakhampton? Did he participate in a sex thing like a, a three-way? <laughs> <laughs> this happened in your country, man. Hey, we're lucky to get a one-way, let alone a three-way. Right. <laughs> uh, they landed in Canada, actually, where they uh, used false passports to enter both that country and then the United States. Because we don't give a shit. We'll let anyone <laughs> in here. Unlike, unlike England, who wouldn't take them back because they're smart, we don't give a shit. Come on in. Because back in the 70s, we had no TSA and fake passports were not something to worry about unless you were a Nazi escaping to Bolivia. <laughs> Wasn't this the same period where Leonardo DiCaprio was jetting all over the place pretending to be an airline pilot? 
I mean, airports were about as secure as a public bathroom, which is strange because the period from 68 to 79 is called the golden age of hijacking, according to Wikipedia. Well, then it's true. Yes, of course. Uh, You'd think they'd be a little more awake. You would think so, but, you know, maybe not so much. Uh, In order to hide their identities, they disguise themselves as nuns. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. Hold on. So Keith May (laughs) disguised himself as a nun. I mean, who's going to suspect a nun? Right. Uh, the cover was because he's a guy, for Christ's sake. It's the ugliest hey, nun I've ever seen. Put a guy in a burqa, can you tell? Uh, nuns don't wear burqas. Uh, an Iranian nun might. <laughs> I'm not sure if they're Iranian nuns. <laughs> uh, their cover was blown wide open when they were arrested in the U.S. for their passport offenses. Ah, so it's just Canada that were asleep at the immigration booth. Uh-huh. Or maybe they just didn't want them either. Right, they kind of <laughs> knew. passed it on. <laughs> By then, British authorities had decided not to file extradition charges on the couple. Yeah, she's, your, she's your problem now, dude. <laughs> McKinney told tabloids that her preparation for the kidnapping included reading books on deprogramming people into leaving cults. By that point, McKinney saw the Mormon church as the cult that it actually is. I mean, she saw it as a cult. All right. Sorry, that seeped out. Uh, thought we were talking about Scientology. Uh, a cult that had convinced her true love, Anderson, to shirk her and run away to England. Whether those books mention chloroform or handcuffs or sexual acts as part of the deprogramming is very doubtful. But we did endeavor to research that. In fact, I did a Google search on chloroform, <laughs> handcuffs, and sex. It was a tough couple of days after my arrest. But eventually, <laughs> the cops figured out I was just an idiot, and my podcast research defense actually paid off. I think we even got a couple of followers and a Patreon donation from the Las Vegas Metropolitan PD. <laughs> Very nice. Despite the fact that McKinney later denounced the Mormon religion, <laughs> later, Christ, like, they hadn't already kicked her out. Right? Cults was, don't kick people out. <laughs> she was reportedly de- dedicated to it for a time and had converted while staying with a Mormon family during college. Whether it was her newfound religion or her flair for the theatrical, McKinney became obsessed with the then popular Osmond family, <laughs> one of the few notable Mormon celebrity families of the 1970s. Uh, still playing, by the way, five nights a week at the Flamingo Hotel and Casino. Tickets from $95. Vegas locals can save up to 37%. Gail here is a little bit country, and I'm a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> dangle, dangle, man. <laughs> I'm probably more than a little bit country. Well, I tell you what, though, if I could look like Marie Osmond. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> my man, My man boobies are bigger than hers. <laughs> So McKinney was said to have stated it was her goal to marry into their family, and she had her sights set specifically on Wayne Osmond. Well, she missed the boat. Wayne, his real name was Melvin. Wayne married Kathleen White and had five kids. He was also diagnosed with a brain tumor in 1997, but was treated successfully and survived. They removed his brain entirely, and (laughs) and no one noticed. He breaks out in a course of crazy horses once in a while, and everyone laughs and says, Oh, you crazy old Polk Uncle Wayne. (laughs) McKinney was arrested again in 1984, and once again, this time it also involved Kirk Anderson. Hmm. He reported her for sitting in a car outside of his place of employment. 
Found in the car, she was using a notebook and was full of information about his day-to-day activities and movements. The trunk of her car had handcuffs and chains in it. <laughs> she told police that she just wanted to talk to Anderson and see how he was doing. <laughs> Does this rag smell like chloroform to you? <laughs> You know, I often carry handcuffs and chains in the car. Yeah, I that mean, does not surprise me. You never know, and an unlikely date might pop up. <laughs> uh, McKinney was used to and rather uh, desirous of getting attention. She had two degrees in theater, both a BFA and an MFA. A bachelor's and master's degree in fucking apeshit crazy. <laughs> and as we talked about, she uh, had competed in beauty pageants. Uh, remember, she was Miss Wyoming for a year. And having all of her teeth, uh, that was the winning factor besides the blowjobs and the boobies. Right. <laughs> the rest of the entries were all farm animals. And it, was, it was a close race. Still a close race. <laughs> and she only won because Kirstie Alley didn't actually compete that year. So <laughs> She also competed in the Miss USA beauty pageant. Uh, where Donald Trump allegedly grabbed her by the pussy <laughs> hair. <so. laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> I wonder how many listeners we're going to lose. <laughs> but McKinney wasn't the pure Mormon actress she wanted the media to see her as. Soon, her more seedy history was laid bare. Uh, I think pure is the wrong adjective here, <laughs> like in every sense. sense. Laid I can get behind, and bare, I can get behind bear. Bear behind. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get behind a bear behind. <laughs> Several tabloids dredged up old newspapers and magazines with ads proving that McKinney worked as a high-class call girl. I, I tried to find these ads. Another Google search was fruitless, but not entirely. There are plenty of ads with total fruit cases, uh, but no ads for call girls named McKinney. I got one girl, Madame Bazumas, who uh, promised to push our podcast to her patrons if we mention her webpage, www.madamebazumbas.com. This is actually a redirect from our Patreon page. Let's just see who's crazy enough to go there. <laughs> In 2008, McKinney was once again in the news headlines. This time was when she cloned her dog. She asked a South Korean laboratory to clone her beloved pit bull, Booger. 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 <laughs> the $53,000 purchase, a reduced price because she promised to garner publicity for the cloning lab, aided in starting the world's first ever commercial dog cloning company. Now, where the hell did she get $53,000 to blow on a clone dog? I mean, does she have a regular job? I'm sure she's not still winning beauty pageants. Is she still pulling money in from her notoriety? That must be it, right? I mean, by the way, I looked her up on the internet and uh, she is for sure not winning any beauty pageants today. (laughs) McKinney was addicted to her notoriety. After news of the manacled Mormon story made headlines, McKinney became an overweight, sorry, (laughs) overnight sensation. (laughs) Overweight. (laughs) Both both apply. When all of the attention came perks, she was invited to movie premieres and parties with rock stars. She was introduced to the Rolling Stones and the Bee Gees. She claims to have attended a movie premiere with Joan Collins, where the famous actress was annoyed at all the attention the young pseudo-celebrity was receiving. Most assuredly, McKinney acquired a taste for the spotlight where her story was being circulated. In 2011, filmmaker Errol Morris made a documentary about the McKinney case, entitled Tabloid. It covered McKinney's instant rise to fame, thanks to the British and American magazines and newspapers who covered the sensational story in vivid detail. It's available on Netflix, by the way. I don't think it's a freebie, though. Still might be worth paying to see. Five years later, McKinney attempted to sue Morris, claiming the filmmaker told her the documentary would clear her name, and instead it painted her as a 
prostitute and crazy person. Uh-huh. <laughs> because she was a prostitute and, and a, a crazy, crazy person. person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was offered $65,000 to settle the case, but she refused. Yeah, because that barely pays for a dog clone. So <laughs> you got to have more money. She refused because they claimed they'd made millions off her and she wanted some of it. Morris reported that the suit was thrown out of the courts. So that's a business plan then. Kidnap a Mormon, shack up in a country cottage, sell your story to the tabloids <laughs> and piss off Joan Collins while raking in the dough. Perfect. <laughs> they sure didn't teach that one when I took my MBA. Still, some folks have been quite successful with a similar plan. Kim Kardashian released a sex tape and became a billionaire. Mm. Paris Hilton released a sex tape and stayed a billionaire. Yep. And Warren Buffett doesn't have sex and is a billionaire. <laughs> There's got to be a link somewhere. <laughs> Now, the next thing you know, people are going to be making money spouting nonsense on the internet. I mean, not us, but somebody. Yeah, making money. Like, our listeners are broker than us. Nobody is broker than us. <laughs> that concludes today's episode. If you'd like to support the Clickbait Podcast, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash clickbaitcast. If you would like to get in touch with us and make a story suggestion, send an email to clickbaitcasters at gmail.com. We don't promise to use your suggestion, but if we do, you will get a mention during that episode. At Clickbait, we don't claim to have written any of the source material that we've used in the making of our podcast. In fact, the very opposite is true. This is how it works. We do as little research as humanly possible to get the material we need. That usually means a questionable wiki page. Then we read the story and insert smart-ass comments as we see fit. Each episode would have a post at our Patreon page that refers back to those questionable sources we used. You know, that wiki page we spoke about? And all the credit goes to the folks that put in the actual work that makes our job easier. So we thank you, hard workers. 